welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Monday the 15th of August 2016. This accompanies episode number 24 of the Self-Publishing Journeys podcast. I've been away for about four or five days in the past week. I seem to have loads of writing news to pass on to you. We'll start with the Murder Place progress because I did my writing in the last couple of days. So we went away on the Friday and we were away till the Wednesday. I wrote on the Thursday and Friday and I've managed to get another 10,000 words written over those two days. I've had some pretty early starts this week. This morning, for instance, I started at 5am. I woke up at five and thought, if I snooze now, I'm going to sleep through the six o'clock mark. So I just got up at five and started writing. I had about 4,000 words written by the 8.30 morning cup of tea to awaken my wife. We're in the climax now. I have to say, this book has been so straightforward to write in terms of plotting. And I left it at 60,000 words, two thirds of the way through last week. I came to it on Thursday and suddenly realised, crikey, I'm going to have to start tying this up. It takes it's, it's like steering a ship writing a book. It, you don't just suddenly wind the book up. You've got to steer everything towards it. And I just realised I was two thirds of the way through and I was going to have to start buckling down and getting this sorted out. So that's what I've been doing. I've, I've delivered another one or two bodies. I can't remember how many bodies I've delivered this week. And then we've got another 10,000 words next week, 10,000 words the week after. And hopefully that should be draft one of the murder place completed. Then I move straight on to draft one of the next book. And I've got a working title for this. It'll probably change, to be honest with you. But at the moment, it's called The Forgotten Children. I've just called it that because I had some inspiration for the, well, part, where part of this book's going to be set. And The Forgotten Children just seemed to be a good little prompt for me in terms of getting me into the zone of what this book's going to be about and based in. So I've called it The Forgotten Children for now. That's a working title. We'll, we'll figure that out later. But um, I quite like it at the moment. I'll, I'll see whether I change my mind. A rearranged podcast recorded with Ian Sutherland this week. I'm, Ian is an author of uh, techno thrillers. I'm talking to him next week. I'm also interviewing for the podcast Ali Luke next week. Ali is a writer, blogger and self-publisher. And then also I've booked in a, a podcast interview with a lady called Rachel Amflert, who is a listener to this podcast, which I'm delighted to hear. Rachel is based in Australia and writes thrillers. And when you look at the thrillers, they look just like a, a Jack Reacher thriller. The covers, the whole branding looks like Jack Reacher. Really interested to talk to Rachel. She's written a lot of books in, in the series. So loads and loads of things to talk to Rachel about. She's involved in crime writing associations. I want to talk to her about that. Uh, she's got lots of different experience and I'm really looking forward to recording that interview. We're just waiting to fix a date up for that at the moment. Had a bit of exciting news this week while I was away. I, You probably know this, that I send the my books off to competitions and every now and then I send them off to agents. And usually those agents I send them off to, I've discovered in Writer's Digest magazine are on the website. It's a really useful thing that they do. And I would encourage you to look at Writer's Digest site because often they will just say, oh, there's a couple of agents looking for new authors and they give you lots of good detail about the kind of books they're after. And every now and then I see one, I think, all right, I'll send the book off. I'll chance my luck. And to be honest with you, I know I shouldn't admit this, but I usually forget that I've sent them. Um, they, they all go off, you know, like 
I don't know, like paper jets and or boomerangs, and some of them come back and some of them don't. Some of them end up in trees. But I had a response from one this week. Uh, it was an agent seeking new writers in Writers Digest. I actually did it in March. I sent the, the query note off with, can't remember how many words, the first three chapters, I think it was, of The Grid 1. And they've I've got what I call a callback, which is that they've asked to see the full manuscript. It's a, a New York agency, which is always exciting. Anything with New York on it is always very exciting if you live in the UK. It probably isn't if you live in New York, but it's extremely exciting if you live in the UK. So uh, we'll see where that goes. I mean, I, I don't never hold my breath with these things. My view is, is that maybe the first three chapters caught this guy's attention. Uh, he'll give it a read through and then usually it ends up with a knockback. You've got to throw so much mud against the wall before you get a bite. But it's very interesting because um, they've been involved with uh, the Maze Runner. And Maze Runner is, is very, well, it's not similar to the grid, but it's that's the audience that I'm targeting at. People who like the Maze Runner, Hunger Games, uh, The Giver and the Divergent series. That's kind of where I am with it, with my, my sci-fi dystopian fiction. So it's encouraging. We'll see where it goes. I'll let you know if we get any bites, any more nibbles. But that just went off as soon as I got back from holiday. I processed that, sent it off. The full manuscript's gone. Let's see what happens. Last week, I talked about setting an audacious goal. I said that I'd be doing a podcast interview. It's a future podcast, which hasn't been broadcast yet. And I wanted to try, I was mulling over the idea of trying to write, in addition to my fiction commitments, 10,000 10, word short guides before Christmas. And I've been thinking about this. I just like to chug these things away. I just wanted to think about it when I was away and not writing and you know, doing interesting things like going to the donkey sanctuary and going to the theme park with the kids. And uh, I've decided to go for it. Not in any big launch you know, fanfare kind of way, but just to set myself uh, an additional target up to Christmas of trying to get 10, 10,000 word short guides out before Christmas. Now, this is a, a change in what my plans were, because if you've listened to these diaries over time, you'll know that I do change my mind and I do refresh my strategy. And what I was intending to do is I've got six, I've got seven nonfiction books out at the moment. And one of the things that has been a bit annoying for me, to be honest with you, is that unfortunately my area of, of, of expertise in terms of, of teaching a lot is in geeky stuff. And geeky stuff changes every five minutes. If you're teaching Facebook, Twitter, it changes every, every couple of minutes. So it's a bit difficult if you're running courses or writing books that they, they need refreshing fairly regularly. So they're not really a long-term bet, not unless you are the Twitter guru and everybody buys your book. I had intended on resting those books uh, at the end of the year, or certainly in the beginning of 2017, really depending on whether they were out of date or not. As it turns out, they're actually still very much in date, which is great. I haven't had to do any tweaks or changes. But what I was thinking of is, you know, actually what I'm going to do, I think those books might be too long. And I'm going to take out the, the content of those and remove the how-to stuff, I think, and just create very short, sharp, fast start guides and, and just see how they go. So six of those guides will probably be rewrites, cut and paste jobs, reassembling of content that I've already written. I'm going to budget two days per guide. I also would like to add some videos in the books. Uh, this is all inspired by Jennifer Blanchard, who is a future guest on the podcast. I would recommend that you check her out. Actually, Je Jennifer's doing some really interesting stuff at the moment. I'm following it very closely. Uh, very much where I am, really. She's she was a 
you know, a very middleist book writer, and she's found a way of, of of shifting books, not 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 writing different books, just a, a marketing technique. And I'm really interested in following this and what she's doing. And that's why I want to do these ten guides. I want to keep up with her model and, and see how it works for me. See if I can start shifting some non-fiction. Non-fiction is always sold very easily. My Facebook and WordPress guides sell really well. The Twitter and LinkedIn are the, are the next ones. The, the webinars doesn't sell brilliantly. It has sold some, but it doesn't sell brilliantly. Uh, what's the other one that doesn't? Oh, the email marketing goes well too. And of course, these guides are really handy because I hand them out to clients when I'm doing training classes. So I, I get all sorts of uses out of them. They've been extremely beneficial to me. And the, I think it's about the two years that they've been published. And they, they make uh, you know, a decent amount of sales. It's good. So I am committing to that 10-book additional goal in between now and Christmas, in addition to writing another 90,000-word thriller and a 50,000-word novella. I may regret committing myself to that on tape, recording that, but you've just heard me do it. I'm going to commit myself to that and see if I can get there. My view is, if I don't make 10, if I make 8, well, that's 8 more books that I would have had out. And I really want to try it. It means probably then that my thrillers, all my fiction is going to be under Paul Teague. It's going to be under my name. I think that's that's probably what I'll do. I'll, I'll just keep P. Teague for non-fiction and Paul Teague for fiction and then take it from there, see how it goes. Interestingly, this week I was listening to Michael Robertson's interview. Michael is the, the gentleman who I, I interviewed on this week's podcast or last week's podcast, I should say, episode number 23. And I was listening to that podcast. Uh, I wake up really early, and I didn't want to get up and write while I was away. So I just popped a headphone in and listened to podcasts. And I ran out of my regular podcasts about Tuesday in the week. So I thought, right, well, I'll, I'll pick some random podcasts of mine and start to listen to those. And I was listening through to, to, to Michael's again. First time I listened to it since I'd edited it. And one of the things he was saying, I just really, it's really interesting talking to different authors because he basically said, I don't list, I don't have paperbacks. I just publish them on Kindle and I don't go wide. I don't publish on iBooks or anything. He just puts them on Kindle. And I just thought, and, and he talked about reads, getting reads. And this is how the romance writers do it. They, they don't so much sell books as they get loads and loads of reads. People who read voraciously on the um, Kindle owner's lending library. They just, they just borrow the books. They don't actually own them. And I've never really given that a, a good thrashing, a good try. So I don't really sell many editions or many copies of the books through Draft the Digital. I'm selling more, as I think I told you last week, but nothing that excites me. And I thought, do you know what? The, you know, the grid's getting great reviews. Um, it doesn't seem to have any key problems with it in terms of the story. Um, I'm going to put this into KDP Select for the next three months, and I'm going to see how it does. Because... I've noticed I've, I've taken my non-fiction guides out and put those into KDP Select. And I've noticed that the reads create quite a part of your income. Uh, you get little graphs in your, in your Kindle section and you, and you, you can see what, what's creating the income. You know, the sales, I have things that I give away for free. So I have the first in each trilogy I give away for free. So I get stats on that. I get stats on sales. And my sales are always on books two and three, which is always good to see. It means I've got follow through and I use what's called the perma-free strategy, which means I put books, the first books in both trilogies available for free and I make my money on books two and three. So what I'm seeing constantly is sales of books two and three, which shows me that that's, that's working. It's creating a good funnel. And then I have the non-fiction books. And since I put those in KDP Select, I'm, I'm getting lots of reads on those and that boosts my income, of course. So I've decided to do it with the grid and to give that a try. 
Now, depending on how the thrillers go, I may just not go wide with those. I may just put them on Kindle, put them in KDP Select, and go for reads and, and just try a different strategy. But Michael has, has only ever done that. And he's, he's, he's got to a point where he's making great sales, very happy with his income. And now, rather than doing as I've done, I went wide first. And now I'm thinking of going narrow. He went narrow, he went narrow first with Kindle. And because he's got the sales and the, the sort of impetus with his sales, he's now thinking about going wide with the, with the paperbacks and things. So I'm wondering whether I, I, I did it back to front, basically. I'm happy to try new things. So I've taken my books off draft the digital. I've, I've delisted them. Effectively, they just go into draft form. So the minute I want to put them back on draft the digital and all of the draft the digital channels, I just click publish again and off, off they go. There's no more work to do. And they're going to be in KDP Select for the next three months. I'm going to give it a try. Now, that's also important because this week I finished Mark Dawson's Facebook course. I did that when I got back from my visit to Lincolnshire. Finished the Facebook course now, just about to finish the Twitter course. And it has really inspired me to try these things again. Uh, I've been learning, the thing that's changed since I did any work on Facebook ads is is the leads capture. It's the same with Twitter, that you can now capture people's names and email addresses from your adverts to build your mailing list. Now, I know about mailing lists, but I have really struggled as a as an author to build my mailing list. I, I had a mailing list of about 25,000 in, in internet marketing, but have struggled as an author, even though I use all the tricks like signups within books and all the things you're supposed to do. It doesn't really work for me as an author. I need to find a different way of cracking that one, that particular nut. So I'm very inspired by finishing Mark Dawson's Facebook course. I'm going to spend some time just reviewing my emails. I use GetResponse and have done for years. GetResponse very recently has added a lot more levels of automation and I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. So I've set it's on my targets board for this quarter and now I've finished Mark's training and the Twitter training. I'm going to move on to reviewing my email automation so that then I can feed all those changes and those updates into marketing on Twitter, Facebook and on Google. I, I learned a lot um, from Mark's course. I knew a lot of it, but what I got from it, that the, the little gems that you always get from training, those are going to be the game changers for me, those bits that I didn't know, and those are the things that I'm really keen to deploy. I decided, because video is very cheap on Facebook at the moment, and you could use video on Twitter ads as well, I decided then that I, I, I had a little play with a, a promo video for The Secret Bunker. If you go to thesecretbunker.net, you can see it. I was only really playing. I bought video segments from Photolia.com, which is where I get my images from. Very expensive. It's quite a costly venture to get the rights to use these video snippets. But um, I also get some some music, some great music. And I got my music from Premium premiumbeat.com, I think it's called. It's the same place as I got the music for this podcast from. It, it's um, You pay for the music, obviously, but it gives you the rights to, to use it. And so I need to find another bit of music for the grid. And I'm just going to do some work on my video trailers and start to feed those through Twitter and Facebook ads. I use Camtasia to edit that video, and I don't have any trouble doing the video. It's nothing fancy, but the, the videos are beautiful that you get from Photolia.com. They, they make it look like a movie, and the music sounds like it's from a movie. So all I have to do is do a few bits of, of editing, and it looks okay. It's not brilliant, but it looks okay. Um, so I'm going to do that with both the trilogies. going to beef up the Secret Bunker one. I'm going to mix and create a grid video, and I'll, uh, I'll try to remember to, to mention that in, in a future podcast diary when I've got that done and put the videos on the resources page so that you can take a look at 
those. Um, but I'm very keen to get back to Facebook, Twitter and Google adverts. Can't wait to get on with that. I'm going to be, I don't think I'm going to be, I'm going to be using it for leads capture. So I'll be giving away the first books in each trilogy for free for in exchange for a lead. I won't be, I won't be selling. And then I'll be selling box sets. That's the plan because you don't really, there's not enough margin on a, on, on a single book, but on a box set, there's enough margin to, for some, some ads. The learning point that I got from Mark's training though, and, and, and I've, I've been a Amazon affiliate for years and, and, you know, when you just have penny drop moments when I was watching Mark's training, I thought, no, why hadn't I figured that out? Why, why haven't I put two and two together with that? But I hadn't. But the way Mark uses Amazon affiliate ads to, to boost the return on, invest, on investments on his promotion is really, it's really clever. It's really, you know, it's really obvious, but it's really clever if you haven't spotted it. And I hadn't spotted it. So I'm going to pull these things together and I'm going to start some advertising campaigns as soon as possible, as soon as I had time to just review my, my email sequences, because I need to give those some thought. Talking about the secret bunker, this is just a, a by the by. One of the unexpected benefits that I got from writing a book about Scotland's secret bunker, which is a real life tourist destination, is that they stocked the books in the shop. And uh, an Amazon order came through this week and they, they've ordered another 30 of book one. They just order them 30 at a time, uh, you know, which is fabulous. And although none of this changes my life, it doesn't turn me into, you know, a best-selling author. It's really fantastic that I get the support from Scotland Secret Bunker. I really appreciate it. It's a really good relationship. It works extremely well. And of course, it provides a constant audience for my books. It's constantly putting them in, in the hands of new people. And, and, and of course, I think what the, the Bunker are doing now, they had, I think, originally they bought, I think, 30 of each book. But I think they've learned now, they've probably finessed what they're doing, and they seem to just be buying book one now. Uh, that, that's the one that shifts. Now, because they probably had books two and three left over, they're probably trying to sell those, um, whereas it's easier to sell book one. Now, of course, that's whichever way they do it, it's great news for me, because I'm either selling all three books of the trilogy, or they're constantly selling book one for me. And of course, that then translates to sales for book two and three, if people go on to read the subsequent books. It, it's a really good relationship. Now, I mean, I know you can't c construct these things. In, in the, I, 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 ha I just happened to write a book about a, a big tourist destination. They happened to have a shop, and they were very happy, I'm very pleased to say, to sell the, to sell the books for me. Uh, but it is worth bearing in mind, if there is any kind of tie-in, any kind of t tourist or shop tie-in for your book, don't neglect it. Do do tap the people up and ask them if they'll stock it, because it really is, in a small way, working really, really well for me. And as I say, I really appreciate their support selling the book. Something else I've done since we last spoke of this diary is I've invested in Brian Cohen's Best Page Forward service. Brian is the co-host of Selwell Book Show, which is one of my favourite podcasts. And he also runs a, a copywriting service at bestpageforward.net. I wanted to make sure, because I'm going to be driving lots of traffic to them, that the the text and the promo text for books one in the Grid trilogy and the Secret Bunker trilogy were as strong as possible. Also, when I start to send traffic via Facebook and Twitter ads and everything, I, I need to make sure that copy is really strong. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, I mean, I know all the tricks about copywriting, and I've, I've even done copywriting and I, I did a I wrote a sales letter when I was starting internet marketing I think it was about 2009 we did a huge uh, launch on um, Clickbank we sold eight nine thousand um, digital editions of our of our products from a copy uh, video that I created so I, I kind of know the principles of copywriting but I hate doing it 
I really hate doing it. Um, and you've heard of this diary, how, um, you know, how, how I don't have any trouble sitting down writing the stories. When it comes to copy, I have, it's like putting teeth. I have to really force myself to do it. It's, I think it's because it's so hyper focused. It feels like really hard work to me. So I paid two lots of $97 for Brian and or his colleague to do the copywriting for me. And as part of that $97 offer, I get the copy for my Facebook page, I uh, beg your pardon, for my Amazon page, and I get the copy for a Facebook ad, and I get landing page copy. And you know that's good good enough for me, $97 uh, per piece. It's worth it for me for somebody else to sit there and scratch their head and figure it all out. So if you are struggling with the copywriting, I haven't got it back yet, by the way. I put it on the slow track. I was in no rush for it. Um, I'll let you know how that gets on, and I'll obviously add it to the Amazon pages when it arrives. I'll let you know how it went. But so if you want to check that service out, it's Brian Cohen, and it's at bestpageforward.net. Finally, for this week, I did say there was a lot of news, bearing in mind I've been away all week. Um, I, I heard from Helen Fazal, my copy editor proofreader, who has Don't Tell Meg. She's She's got it at the moment. She's had it since the beginning of August. And I'd asked Helen to deliver the first chapter, first 5,000 words to me, because I needed those for the York Festival of Writing next month. So I'm booked in with three agents who are interested in thrillers. And I need to send them the first, I think it's 5,000 words or whatever it is, um, before I go there so that they had a chance to read it and then I get feedback on it and if you get really lucky they make you an offer or ask to see the rest if if they like it so I said to Helen please get that polished as, you know as, and done as soon as you can so that we can super refine it and it's all good to go for the York Festival of Writing and and Helen's got that back to me which is great and she started to work through the book and she's given me her initial feedback which is which is fabulous and I really appreciate what Helen does on the books I, I've booked her in now I mean she's got a, I hope she I hope she likes Don't Tell Meg because she's got an awful lot of um, the same characters coming over the next few months so I, I just booked her in and gave her my writing and delivery timeline and she's getting three books from me well two more books from me before the end of the year then a novella in in January sometime so she's going to be reading an awful lot of my thriller stuff. I know she likes the dystopian stuff, but I don't know whether she likes the thriller stuff. Um, so I, I appreciated her comment. She does a really good editing job. I'm very happy um, with Helen editing the books. Once that chapter is polished, those first 5,000 words are polished, I'm then also going to start sending it off simultaneously to the following um, publishing houses, companies, publishers. Joffa, J-O-F-F-E, Joff, Joffa, however you say that. Evidence Press. Bloodhound, Bookoucher, Bookoucher, something like that, Bookoucher, who knows, and Fahrenheit Press. And I may pay for another Brian Cohen package, another $97, for him to do the decent copywriting straight off on Don't Tell Meg, as that's the one I'm going to be putting around. I'll see what I think of the, the copywriting on the, the, the two dystopian books I gave him. And if I really like that, if he's really added something different from me, then I'll get him to write the copy for Don't Tell Meg. And then, and then I'll just, I'll just hold back sending that to the publishers a little bit longer until he's written me the kind of synopsis. So lots going on. As I said, I, I've been away for five days. You wouldn't know I've been away from my desk for so many days. Um, but it, everything continues to carry on. The writing's going to carry on. When am I writing the first short guide? Two weeks time, I've got the next short guide scheduled in for. So as long as nothing changes on my schedule, it should be fairly predictable over summer. Uh, you will hear in the next couple of weeks about me writing that first guide. So busy, busy, busy. 
really excited with the murder place now lovely to have helen reading don't tell meg and the excitement with the new york agent if i've got any news to report i'll let you know on the diary and as ever if you've got any questions queries if you want to ask me more about anything i've discussed you're always welcome to email me you can use the contact me form on the main podcast site at selfpublishingjourneys.com or just email me that's straight through to me at paul at paulteague.com thanks for listening to paul's podcast diary make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days until then we hope you have a great week of writing